Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. Let's go to the mile-high city of Denver, Colorado, where Michelle Jackson has some spectacular recommendations for us. Michelle runs a Square Estate podcast that focuses on local products, cool people, and fun things to do in Colorado. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Denver. Let's start the show. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Now, I avoid renting cars as much as possible when I travel, but sometimes you just need a car for a few hours. That's where Zipcar comes in. You can rent their cars by the hour or by the day, and both gas and insurance are included in one flat rate. Use our link to join at wetravelthere.com forward slash Zipcar to start out with $25 worth of credits in your bank. Hey, Michelle, how are you doing today? I'm good, and yourself? Uh, everything's great. So thanks for joining us, uh, and we're so happy for you to be here to talk about Denver today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Denver in the house. So what's your connection to Denver? How did you end up living there? Well, it's not a pretty story. Okay. Uh, basically, my dad was stationed in Denver when I was a little kid at an Air Force base that is no longer And when my parents eventually divorced, because that is kind of basically what happened, my mom and I stayed and she ended up going to college in Boulder, Colorado. So that was what happened. I was pretty young. So no, I was not born in Colorado, but I can pretty much wager that I've lived here a heck of a lot longer than most people you'll ever meet if you come to the state. So obviously there's been some great things that have kept you here. What keeps you in Denver? Well, I mean, it's my home. I mean, first of all, I'm not a noob. So a lot of people are like, well, I've never been anywhere. I've been everywhere. Like I've gone to 45 states. I've lived abroad. I've traveled extensively. And I love living in Denver and in Colorado in particular because I love the people. I love the lifestyle. Right now, there's an incredible sense of energy and opportunity. Anything can happen. You can dream up whatever you want and do it. So I love that about being in the town. And it's really funny to me because when I was younger, we were very unapologetically hicks. And when I talked to other Coloradans who grew up here, they're like, yeah, we were totally hicks. And we were fine with that. And the Denver and the state of Colorado that you're experiencing now is part of a very well thought out and long planned focus on growing the state. So it's not an accident that this has happened. Like they really created a plan back in the day and they, I mean, politicians and civic leaders, and they worked the plan. Well, it sounds like no matter where you've gone, no matter where you've lived, like Denver is just part of like your heart and soul. And it just keeps pulling you back in, right? Yes. I mean, I can't even imagine not living here for the rest of my life. It doesn't mean that I won't live somewhere else every once in a while. Like I would like to live overseas again. I've done that a couple times before. I'm very interested in potentially living for a period of time in like Columbia. But for the United States, Colorado is pretty much it for me. And again, I've been to 45 states. It's not like I haven't seen them. So I know what I like. I know the people that I like to be around. I know the lifestyle that I want to live. And Colorado for the U.S. is pretty much it for me. Actually, when we were looking at places to live, Denver was actually on the list. And if it was a little bit further east, closer to the rest of my family, you know, we may be neighbors. (laughs) (laughs) I think it still worked out for you guys. 
Oh yeah. No, we're, we're super happy here in Nashville. So when people are thinking of Denver, they think of Colorado, obviously snow comes to mind, right? But I think you have a secret that you're willing to share with the listeners about the weather. It pains me to even share this, but the weather's pretty good. The idea that we're under perpetual snow is hilarious to most people who are here. We want you guys to continue to think that that's the case, but really the weather has always been pretty good. We might get crazy storms on occasion where maybe we'll get three or four feet of snow, but that would melt really fast. So we don't really have the East Coast winter where it'll snow and then the snow never melts and it's gray and crappy looking and you see dog pee remnants on it. We don't get that. It will <laughs> snow and then in a couple of days it just melts away because we always have sun. And for listeners that may not know exactly where Denver is versus the mountains, I mean, it's not like the mountains are, they're there where you can see them, but it's not like you're going to go snowboarding 20 minutes outside of the city, right? Well, you can go snowboarding about an hour and 30 minutes away because there's a resort in Nederland called Eldora, and that's the closest one. But we're not literally in the mountains. That's the other thing, too. When I went to school out east, I always like my freshman year, I was completely confused. I'm like, why do people think that Denver's literally in the mountains? And then when I watched the news, I understood why. Basically, the shots that the news crew would do would always pan tight into the mountains. And so it gave this illusion, this idea that Denver's sitting somewhere floating in the mountains somewhere. And that's just not the case. However, if you are a Hunger Games reader, a lot of people speculate that the city that everyone goes to at, you know, in the book is Denver. So I don't know, it it might be the case. (laughs) The random factoid. I know that the few times we've flown into Denver to go snowboarding, We've actually gone to Steebone Springs, which is about three or four hours away. So it's, I made a mistake like a newbie like a decade ago. I'm like, oh, hey, we're going to go to Denver. We're going to go see a game. Then we're going to go out to Steamboat Springs and go snowboarding. I forgot how far away it is. And my <laughs> wife was, she was not very happy. Let's put it that way. So that would have been an ugly, ugly night. I would have been pissed at you too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful drive. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something you want to go back and forth in a weekend like we did. So talking about snowboarding and things to do in Denver, what are the types of things to do in Denver if you're not going to go, you know, obviously hitting the the slopes just outside of the city? What else is there to do actually in the city? You know, the question nowadays isn't what is there to do? What isn't there to do? Like anything you could think of, we probably have an event. Things from Comic-Con to we like to celebrate anything. So there's always a party happening at the time that we're recording this episode We're about to have the Great American Beer Festival. So for those of you who love beer, we're literally going to have a week of beer, not just for the beer festival itself, which I think is the largest in the United States, at least in the United States, if not the world. But we also have events outside of that actual event celebrating beer. We have parades and just sports, and it's crazy. We have basketball, football, soccer, hockey, rugby, So if you want to do that, you can take in one of those games. If you like theater, like I do, like I like sports and theater, we have the Denver Center for Performing Arts, which is the second largest theater complex in the United States. So a lot of the theater that I get to see, I just go to the DCPA. They have a lot of cool pricing opportunities for people who are residents of the city and the state. There's so many choices. It's a little overwhelming, actually. So you can find yourself... (laughs) 
triple or quadruple booked in a day with choices. And it's gotten kind of hard for me because I'm like, I could do this, that, the other, and I don't want to make a choice. (laughs) What's one of the most recent plays you've seen or theater events that you've seen? Hamilton. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was pretty phenomenal. So Hamilton was the most recent show. Okay. All right. And then in the notes that you sent me, there's actually quite a few festivals that go in there as far as music festivals and cycling. Can you tell us about some of those? So this week, actually, again, the week we're recording, we have a new festival called Grand Uzi and Kendrick Lamar, Florence and the Machine and Stevie Wonder will be the headlining acts for that. So we're really excited to see how that new festival goes. We had Velorama, which I personally really love because it is the love child between a cycling event and a music event. So if you're into cycling like the Tour de France, like I am, I've actually seen the end of a Tour de France in Paris. If you're into that kind of thing and then you're into music, that event is definitely for you. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm actually getting ready to go ride bikes with Noah Kagan and a bunch of other people. Oh, oh goodness. In Austin, we basically were raising money for a charity to give laptops for children. I'm not in biking shape, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it's not you riding. It's like professionals riding in this cycle. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so it's like a real cycling event. So oh, wow. imagine professionals who are racing. So it's a big deal. It's not one of us. And I think one of the things that people need to remember also is that Denver is the mile high city. So when you come out to the Denver, you have to make sure before you do a lot of physical activities, you have to get acclimated to the height, right? Yes. So the altitude is a very serious thing. I think a lot of people really don't understand what that means. They just think, oh, we're going to Denver and we're going to smoke pot and we're going to be a mile high. Yay. And that's really not good. (laughs) (laughs) So people can get altitude sickness coming into Colorado. It's very common for that to happen if they don't understand what they need to do. The air is thinner, especially if you go from sea level, like if you're on the coast, you go to Denver, and then for some reason, instead of staying in Denver, you go straight to the mountains. I had a friend who is from England. She's visited several times before, but the last time she visited, she had to go straight to Aspen. I know, hard life. Aspen and then come back to Denver and she got very severe altitude sickness. So typically when I have friends visiting or know of people coming to Colorado, I'm like, look, do not exercise the first couple of days you're here. If you're not the most fit person, I'm going to be blunt. If you're not fit, do not just take it easy because you can get really sick. And I know of some people that had that issue recently and they told me and I was like, well, I told you not to like go crazy (laughs) and they didn't believe me. And I'm like, but I live here. So that's how I know. So, yeah, you have to take it easy the first couple of days. Don't go to the gym. Just like chill out, drink a lot of water. And then as you get used to the altitude, then you can get into exercise and things like that. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, that's very good advice. Obviously, if you're going on vacation, you to have a good time. You don't want to get sick. You don't want to you know, have any sort of issues that are going to interfere with your ability to enjoy the vacation. So yeah, so heed Michelle's advice for sure. But you did say that Denver and the whole lifestyle there is actually kind of like a physical environment, right? Like it's something that you just kind of got to get out there and, and do things, right? Yes. So it's not a cliche. Denver typically, the state of Colorado typically is the fittest state in the United States. It has been for years. And if you come and visit a friend who lives here, it is highly likely that your friend 
doesn't understand that it's not normal in other places to incorporate a six-hour hike and beer as the reward. Or maybe they're like, hey, let's go bike riding. You're like, oh, okay. And then the bike ride is like a couple hours. Then you go to like a brewery. So I joke about it, but it actually is very, very common that you incorporate some kind of physical activity in the things that you're doing. It doesn't mean that we don't just lounge around at a happy hour, but it does mean that more often than not, we like to do something physical when we're hanging out with our friends and family. Even with my mom, who's a mom, (laughs) (laughs) I'm a grown up. Like last year for Thanksgiving, we went on a hike. So just understand that this is just how it is here. If you have friends living here, if you're living here, you, you have friends who are training for things all the time. I'm in the process of preparing for a half marathon. It is not unusual at all. Well, kudos to you for getting ready for that half marathon. That's pretty awesome. Doesn't mean I'm going to be fast. It just means that I'm preparing. Hey, no, that's all good. So when you're talking about all the different things to do in Denver, is it more of a car town or is there good public transportation to get around? It depends on where you are. If you're traveling and visiting Denver and you're staying in the city center, you don't need a car. If you're wanting to do anything in the mountains, you will definitely need to rent a car for that specifically. Okay. And you actually mentioned something that's a really cool idea as far as how to get to the mountains if you don't want to rent a car. I belong to meetup groups. And when I went to Australia a few years ago, I participated in an event with a meetup group in the Blue Mountains. In that case, there was a train. And then I think we like met up. But do that here. We have some very active hiking groups, just a lot of groups that are doing a lot of things in the mountains. And you can carpool with those people if you're doing that. The key is obviously use common sense. So you're going to join the group. You're going to make it clear, hey, I'm visiting Denver and I'm really excited to participate in this event. Are you carpooling? The impetus will be on you to research how to get to the meetup point. So just be aware, like, yes, people are very happy to carpool and that kind of thing, but you need to make it easy for them. Don't make them jump through hoops. And then once they carpool you, always give them money for gas. Yeah, for sure. For people that aren't familiar with Meetup, first off, it's a website where people with similar interests gather together and meet up or have conversations, kind of like a Facebook group in that regard, right? But it's actually people meeting in real life instead of just over the internet. Yes. And two... Like you said, it's a meetup of people that have like-minded interests. It's not an Uber that they're going to come and find you. You need to go find them. Exactly. And the groups are very well organized, very cohesive. So the groups that I'm referring to, they've got like the hike. One of the hiking groups has 10,000 members. So it's a very well organized community. They have numerous organizers. Just read the descriptions of the different events that they're hosting Make sure you sign up. You might end up on a wait list. So if you are planning to visit Colorado in November, we hike all year long. So if that's a thing you want to do, be aware that, yes, you can sign up. But the earlier you do it, the better, because then you can better gauge whether or not you'll be able to participate in the event, because a lot of times they have wait lists. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So We only have a few more minutes left, but what I want to do is I don't want to miss out on talking about the food in Denver. And so I know that you have a lot of great suggestions. So let's talk about what's going on with the food in Denver right now. So first of all, for those of you who are like, Denver doesn't have any good food, man, man, man. Okay. Again, been to 45 states. (laughs) I used to live in Paris. I'm a foodie. 
And I will be very blunt and say that up until the last 10 years, I don't feel like Colorado had a good food scene. We had some restaurants that stood out, but I think that Colorado was really in the infancy of creating a food culture. There were people like me who were really into good food. We always had good quality meat because we're, you know, a ranching state, a lot of cattle, that kind of thing. So meat was always good, but having places that were experimenting and just pushing the envelope and locally sourced as a rule of thumb, that was still developing. As of 2018, I can say without a doubt that we are a food city. I do think that there is room for a lot more experimentation. There have been articles about that recently, but I am thrilled with all of the opportunities that I have to eat great food in town. Actually, in the last couple of weeks, a new restaurant called Safta just opened up. It's Israeli food. And that, like, I can't even imagine Israeli food being available in Denver, like, any time in my youth. Like, I can't even, like, it's crazy to me. There's another restaurant called Call <laughs> that was listed as one of the top 10 new restaurants in the United States by Bon Appetit magazine. So there's just a lot of enthusiasm and excitement about good food in town. Senor Bear actually is incredible. There's food hall. The food hall concept has become all the rage here as well. I know that's gotten big across the U.S. And we've got, I'd say, five right now. And they're all very different. They all are unique in their own ways in terms of where they're located, the food that they offer. So I'm always excited now if I'm going out to eat, I'm a good cook, so I don't go out to eat that often because I'm also, I have expensive taste. So I don't go out as often as I would like for dinner because, okay, I might be cheap. But when I do go, <laughs> I know that there's so many choices. So I'm very excited about it. Nice. And I think one of the ones that you mentioned, let's see, so you mentioned call. There's a Korean barbecue that's in Aurora that you mentioned? Well, it's literally Korean barbecue. So Aurora is a sister city to Denver. And there's a Korean barbecue specific one that I like to go to, but I couldn't figure out the address. I just know where it is. Okay. <laughs> but it's, you have to understand, we're not in New York City. So for New Yorkers listening, they're like, oh my God, well, we have Koreatown. I'm like, I know I've been there, but Denver's not the size of New York. So get off your high horse. We have... All of the different types of foods and things like that, you just would need to know a person like me to get you to the places to match the quality that you want. You could get an amazing flat white, actually, like if you're a coffee aficionado at a place called Stowaway. And the, the people who own it are Australian. So the flat white, it's a coffee, it's a coffee drink, is fantastic. I'm actually going there, I think, on Friday of this week. But it's not like you could go everywhere and get a good flat white. Like you'd have to know someone like me who knows where to go. The good thing is that all the listeners are going to be able to, to know you through this podcast and through the links to your site. So maybe they are going to know you a little bit after this episode. Hopefully. So actually all the things that Michelle has talked about on this episode, as well as uh, the notes that she's given me, we're going to have all that in the show notes, but it's time for the final countdown. So Michelle, if a traveler only had time for one meal in Denver, where should they go and what should they eat? Okay, I really struggled with that question because it really depends on the person. I think that what I would have you do is just go to Union Station, actually. 
go to Union Station because it is just a beautiful building. It's a hub of transportation. There's a fountain and it's just a great space to be in. There is a restaurant called Mercantile Provision and Design, I believe is the name. And anything you order from them is going to be a good meal. I love that place. I absolutely love it. When you go, what do you eat there? Well, it changes because it's seasonal. Oh, okay. So that's why I'm like, yeah, it's seasonal. So it just it depends on when you're going to be there. I love that they make fresh almond milk daily. So if, if you're one of those people who can't have milk, they make fresh almond milk every single day. So you can have a beautiful almond milk latte. Like everything's just amazing. The chef was actually nominated and won a James Beard Award for the region, wow. for the Southwestern region. And I feel like the price is pretty decent for the quality that you get. Altrea, which is right in the same Union Station building, that's on my list. I haven't had a chance to go there. Or if you want tacos, you can go across the street to a place called Machete. And they have tons of tequila and tacos. And it's just including a beef tongue taco, which I love. And that is just fantastic. Hey, nothing wrong with tacos and beer. No. So <laughs> Tequila, tequila. Oh, tequila. Yeah, sorry. Uh, well... <laughs> I need a beer chaser when I have tequila, so that's just kind of that's just kind of my oh, <laughs> what I throw in there. So tell me one of your most memorable stories of Denver. This is hard too because I grew up there, so it's different because it's home. Actually, I know one that really stands out. When the Democratic National Convention came to Denver in 2008 and nominated the first African American man to run for the presidency, and um, I'm getting emotional. It was incredible. The energy in the city the way it felt to host that. I'm an independent, but I'm a huge Barack Obama fan. It was just the most incredible experience I've ever had in life. And to know that in a town that actually was known in the 30s, I feel like it was the 30s, for the biggest Klan rally in the United States, to have that happen where we had nominated this black guy for president who won, that was pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, I can only imagine. It's just awesome to be able to be anywhere when there's some type of historic event happening like that, yes. and especially if it's something, you know, that's, I don't think a lot of people were probably ready for that to happen, No, obviously, but being there for that type of historic event is just such a great memory. And you can hear the, like, it still moves me. So yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. So let's switch gears a little bit, kind of a happy moment, but also like, what's the happiest happy hour in Denver? So again, because I live here, it's a little different. I don't know. I feel like any happy hour I go to is always happy. I love <laughs> going to Avanti, actually. So Avanti is a food hall concept. It has an incredible view of downtown Denver. It's a single building with a single alcohol license with different food concepts inside. And so you can just grab a drink, go to one of the different food concepts, order what you want. I've been ordering arepas for a while because there's a, a place that makes Venezuelan arepas, but they're huge. And just enjoy like talking and hanging out on the patio. Patio life is a huge thing here. Most restaurants would have a patio. Yes, we are on the patio all year long, unless it's super cold. And usually they'll have a heater on the patio because we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So I'm going to totally butcher the name, but What's an arepas? What is that? An arepa, it's from Venezuela, and it's made with white corn. It's like a filled, I don't even know how to explain it. It's filled with delicious goodness. That's all I can okay. say. And <laughs> well, you hold it, it's like a pasty, <laughs> but not a pasty, okay, okay, if you're from England. 
It's filled with like happy goodness. Don't worry about it. Just order and eat it. Yeah, I'll, I'll find a picture and we'll include that in the show notes. So that way it gives the listeners a little idea of what we're talking about. Now moving to something that's a little bit more traditional. I always get pizza wherever I go. So where's the best pepperoni pizza in Denver? Dude, okay, this is the answer I knew you weren't going to like. I have no idea. I used to make pizza in college and I hate going for pizza. So I literally <laughs> never go for pizza. I made pizza for four years and I'm the worst person to ask. I almost was going to ask around, but instead I was like, you know what? We're not going for pizza. We're going to go to a new food hall concept that just opened called Milk Market. And Milk Market has hot and naked, like Nashville style chicken. And uh -huh. I've had that, it's really good. They have 15 different food concepts within that space. But the other cool thing is they built out the alley behind it so that it has the same liquor license. So you can like hang out, you can listen to music, you can walk up and down this really pretty alley called the Dairy Block right behind that. So you're just gonna hang out at the Milk Market, you're gonna have drinks, you're gonna have high-end pasta if you want. You're gonna have Momo. I think they have Momos there. They do have pizza actually, and it's wood-fired pizza. You can get that there. You can have not sushi, but pokey, pokey, because okay. that's a big thing right now. Yep, so you yep. can have one of those things. You can also have Indian food because there is a restaurant in that same building. It's the Maven Hotel. They have a, a restaurant called Kachina which is like Southwestern food. So that's where you're gonna go and you can decide what you want. And yes, you can have wood-fired pizza there too. It looked really good, but four years of making pizza in college, I just don't <laughs> eat pizza. That's good. Well, actually, it's actually good that you said that because my wife, she probably gets tired of me eating pizza all the time. And so this way it gives her an opportunity to eat something else that's fairly delicious. Yes. And then I get to have my pizza and we're both happy and uh, get to go home together. Frank Bonanno is the chef who owns that milk market concept. So the family owns all 15 concepts. So the quality is phenomenal. He used to have a cooking show and he runs a lot of different food concepts around the city of Denver. So the quality is excellent. Well, Hey, Michelle, thank you for all these great suggestions. It's almost lunchtime here, and I'm ready to, <laughs> to chow down after hearing about all this. Before we go, can you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do and how they can reach you? I do a couple different things, but in particular for this audience, I run a website and podcast called Square State. I talk all about all things Colorado. My focus is to really help people who are visiting, support Colorado local businesses, entrepreneurs, and just know what's happening. If you're local to Denver, but can't keep up with all the stuff that's happening, it's a very dynamic city. That's why I started that project. If you're wanting to know about things like Denver Startup Week, which is coming up, that is an event not only for Coloradans, but for people who are based outside of Denver. That's an incredible event, actually. So definitely include a link to that for people who may want to come and visit Denver in 2019 and participate in that. If you are a creativepreneur, a startup person in the cannabis space, a person who's creating a food incubator, like a food product and want to be a part of a food incubator, Denver Startup Week is a great resource for you. So definitely check out that information both on my blog or a link on the show. I also am a business strategy and networking coach. I run a blog and podcast called Michelle is Money Hungry, where I talk about personal finance, networking, and creating your best life through online entrepreneurship. So yeah, I wear a couple different hats. Hey, you're just like me. I got a lot going on as well. And it sounds like you're just 
doing everything possible to, to encourage people to explore and invest in Denver as well as the state of Colorado. And that's awesome. Yeah. So, spend your money. Thank you. <laughs> so thanks again for being on the show. I really enjoyed hearing all about Denver and, and hearing all the insights that you had to share. It's fantastic. And I just can't wait to come out there and visit again. So thanks for being on the show and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. I visited the Mile High City several times. Michelle's not kidding about that thin air. It takes some getting used to. I love how Denver embraces the outdoor lifestyle and that they get over 330 days of sunshine every year. The next time we're in town, I'm taking my family on some hikes and watching a movie at the Red Rocks Amphitheater. What's your favorite thing you learned about Denver? Please let us know in the show notes at wetravelthere.com forward slash Denver or log into the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook. Join us in the next episode when Jennifer McDermott explains why it's illegal to hold a koala in Sydney, Australia. We hope you'll join us when we travel there.